Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. This morning, we're going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 22. Proverbs 4, in this group of verses that we're going to be looking at, it's a section and a collection of speeches from a father to his son about how the son should listen to wisdom and live accordingly. Basically, he is saying, son, I know that you got everything figured out. I know you think how to maneuver in this world, but I've been through some things. I've seen some hard days. I've had some sleepless nights that would do you some good to listen up and heed to this wisdom that I'm giving you because I don't want you to have to experience what I've experienced. I don't want you to have to go through what I've gone through. So in these verses, the son is getting something that all of us wish we had, which is what I like to call generational wisdom. I'm sure all of us have had some experience where we said, if only someone would have been right with me telling me which way to go or, or I did this and this is the way it worked out, things may have turned out a little bit differently. So we have wisdom in this text that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. So lean in as we get to eavesdrop on a conversation between a father and a son. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 22 says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. God, we thank you for this Sunday, for we truly believe and in a community like this, lives are changed. Impact happens. So, God, I pray that you give us ears to listen to your word. And when we leave this place, we will never, ever, ever be the same. In Jesus' name we all say amen, amen, amen. Well, as I was preparing for this sermon, I put out a question on my Instagram. I wanted to know... What was some of the best advice that you've ever received? I got some interesting submissions. Uh, someone said the best advice that they've ever received uh, was live, laugh, and love. 
We love advice straight out of Hobby Lobby. Uh, somebody else said the best advice that they've ever received is that God is still good even when I'm uncomfortable. Someone else said that the best advice that they've ever received was from Prophetess Dory. And Prophetess Dory said, just keep. Uh, y'all know Finding Nemo better than you know your word. I ain't going to say nothing. Leave that alone. Uh, somebody else, which was my favorite advice, they said, don't take advice. Some of y'all have gotten in trouble because y'all have taken bad advice. Ain't got discernment for days. Uh, this last one, I'm not going to say uh, who submitted it, but I feel like it will resonate with a few of y'all. But They said that the best advice that they've ever received was shoot your shot. I feel that word so heavy in here that I'm going to stay right there just for a second. I feel the Holy Spirit saying some of y'all or someone in here has been sitting on the sidelines far too long. And this is your season to shoot your shot. Somebody shout, shoot your shot. That's, that's a word right there. I also begin to think about advice and wisdom that my parents have given me over the years that they seem to think that they've never told me because they keep repeating it. Uh, advice like change your oil every single time I talk to them. Uh, advice like your microphone is always on. They were trying to make me think that they were always listening to me. Little did I know that Apple would come out with an iPhone that does listen to every single conversation that we have, believe it or not. Or they would give me advice like, mind your business. Now, this was not their attempt to get me to stay out of grown folk business. They truly wanted me to understand that your mind is a valuable thing. In order for your mind to grow, you must steward it and you must treat it like a business. They would give me some valuable wisdom like don't volunteer information. Today we say too much information, TMI. Meaning that if nobody told you to open up your mouth and volunteer information, don't volunteer information. Last one that I can think of, advice that they gave me is private preparation comes before public presentation. Now most of these sayings, they did not make sense to me when I was younger but as I grew older, I began to not only understand the advice and wisdom that was given to me, but I began to live and experience this advice that was given to me. I began to understand the reasons why my parents didn't let me go to everybody's house. They didn't let me go to every event and every party because they could see things that I could not see. I would ask my mom, huge mistake, if I could go to a party and I say, everybody is going to the party. Can I go to the party? And she would say, no. And I said, why not? Everybody's going to the party. Tyrone's mama is letting him go to the party. Why can't I go to the party? She said, I'm not Tyrone's mama. The next day, I would find out that some things went down at the party. That if I would have been at the party, I would have been locked up. Or better yet, laying in a hospital bed. I found that. The wisdom and experience that my parents shared with me over the years. Yes, some of it they had to experience for themselves. 
that I say most of it was passed down to them by their parents. The wisdom that my grandparents passed down to my parents was given to them by their parents. And the advice that my great-grandparents passed down to my grandparents was given to their parents. Like I said earlier, we call this generational wisdom. This is advice and wisdom that I'm probably going to pass down to my kids. They were giving me a lifetime of experience. You have to understand, great city, Tampa, that your experiences that you have today are going to, are going to affect the generation that comes tomorrow. The experiences that you have today should not be going down in the grave with you when you die, but your experiences should be impacting the generation that comes tomorrow. Grace City, Tampa, your experiences should be having an impact for a lifetime. I would like to preach to you briefly from a subject titled, The Experience of a Lifetime. I'm reminded of Paul. When he said in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, he said, I do not understand what I do. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I hate and know that I shouldn't be doing are the very things that I find myself doing. See, Paul understood it, understood this push and pull called the tug of war of life. He knew that yeah, I know what's right from wrong. I know what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm not supposed to be doing. But I feel like if I don't do and engage with what everyone around me is doing, then I'm going to miss out on the experience of a lifetime. You know, we call this FOMO, the fear of missing out. And social media has taken this to an all-time high because we have a minute-by-minute -minute documentation of where people are at and what people are doing when God has you in a place of discipline, solitude, awaiting. There are things that have been designed to make you feel that you need to experience things that you are not prepared for, that you cannot afford, and that are not beneficial for your life. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, we see a father telling his son that there are two paths in this life. There's the path of wisdom, and there's the path of destruction. Now, the way of wisdom is the best route to take because it's going to lead you to a life full of blessing, provision, and clarity. But if you choose, if you want to choose the route of destruction, be prepared to have some experiences and some things happen in your life that you're going to have to ask God to remove you from. So we see people throughout Scripture that have been given insight and the product of their wisdom. We can look at King Solomon. King Solomon was one of the most significant kings to ever live. One of the most significant moments in Solomon's life was when God asked Solomon, what do you want from me? Solomon could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom and he asked for knowledge. Solomon could have asked for money. He could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for riches. He could have even asked for something bad to happen to his enemies. But he chose to ask God for something far more greater than the riches of this world, which is wisdom and knowledge. Now, if God asked me what I wanted today, I don't know if it would be wisdom. I got a whole list, and y'all stop looking at me crazy because I know y'all got a list too. But Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge because he knew that wisdom and knowledge would produce 
everything that he ever wanted and everything that he ever needed. And because he asked God for wisdom and knowledge, God said, I'm not only going to give you wisdom and knowledge, but I'm going to give you everything that you want and everything that you need. He asked for wisdom and knowledge. Now, wisdom is the highest developmental state. It's the highest virtue because people will spend their entire lives trying to achieve wisdom. We have to understand that wisdom is not always something that can be imparted. Sometimes it has to be developed. You want to know how God knew that Solomon was ready for this wisdom? He knew that Solomon was ready for this wisdom because, number one, he asked. And number two, Solomon knew that he was in a place as a king and as a leader that if he did not have God's wisdom and God's direction, then he would not be as an effective leader and king. So King Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. When is the last time that you asked someone for wisdom? When is the last time uh, it's been your birthday and someone said, what do you want for your birthday? And he said, oh, I just want wisdom. Or when is the last time that you've been in a church and someone stood on stage and they said, God, we want more of your wisdom. But when you understand the power of wisdom, you will find out that everything that you want and everything that you need can be produced from wisdom and direction that only comes from God. Solomon asked for wisdom. And in Proverbs, Solomon says that if it costs you everything, get understanding. And I believe that God has put people in your life to impart godly wisdom and understanding. God has put people, pastors, and parents in your life to teach and impart into you the things that they have been through so that you can bypass the heartache and pain that they've had to figure out for themselves. But it's up to you to listen and take heed so you can bypass those experiences that are only going to hold you back. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 says, listen. Why? Because for the years of your life have been many. Proverbs 4, 21 through 22 says, pay attention to what I have to say. Hide it in your heart, for it is life and health to your body. What is the whole body? The whole body is your physical being, your spiritual being, and your mental being. There have been some things that you had to go through that if you just would have had someone in your corner to speak into your life and say, hey, I did that, and this is what happened, or people to give you insight into a situation where you felt alone and lost, unequipped, and scared, you may have had a different outcome. There are things that we go through that age us, that make us mentally and physically sick. What I love about the church is that God has put people to your left, He's put people to your right. He's put people in front of you and behind you to come alongside you, to lock arms with you and say, hey, I know you don't understand why you're going through what you're going through, but I went through what you're going through. I was in the same shoes that you have on now. And someone came alongside me and locked arms with me and said, hey, I know you don't understand, but I'm going to walk with you and teach you how to trust God in a difficult season. I'd be remiss If I didn't do the same for you, this is the community of the church. One thing that I've learned is that experience may be the best teacher, but it does not have to be 
your own experience. Now, if you're from Georgia, I don't want to hear it, but I am arguably, arguably the product of one of the best public schools in Georgia. Shout out to East Coweta High School, Coweta County. But as I look back and reflect upon the seven years that I spent in middle school and high school, I realize that I am using absolutely nothing that I learned. If you think about it, elementary school was more valuable than high school and middle school. For goodness sake, pre-K kindergarten is more valuable than middle school and high school. If you are a high school teacher, I'm deeply sorry. Hopefully the school system has changed. During pre-K and kindergarten, they, they taught me shapes, addition, long division measurements, data analysis, and probability. Most of it, I guess, I'm using today. Uh, they teach me how to read and write. We take the AR test. How many of you remember that? Is that only Georgia? I don't know. I'm still reading today. But when we get to middle school and high school, we learn how to measure the distance between the shadow and the tree. Why do I need to know that? I don't know. You tell me. We would have word problems like if I throw a triangle out of the car and the car is going 20,000 miles per hour and wind resistance is a thing that exists, how many cupcakes can Pedro eat with one human soul? Answer me this, why does Pedro have a triangle and why is he throwing it out the window? Why is he going 20,000 miles per hour? I know how to measure a tree, a shadow's tree, but I have to call my mom when tax season comes around. It's embarrassing. In science class, I learned about rocks. Are there anything more useless than a rock? They don't move, they don't grow, they don't melt, they don't even rock. Why in the world are they called rocks? I mean, we had a whole semester learning about the igneous rock, the sedimentary rock. I think I said that rock. And what's the last one? The metamorphic. Yeah, see, we don't need to know it. But I think it's wild that we spent almost 12 years learning things that we barely use today. And the things that we truly need to survive in this life were left up to us to figure it out. Now, thank God that I had parents that would make me learn things in the home, but not everybody has that. And if I'm honest, most of the things that I learned today, I learned by watching the people around me, by what they did or what they didn't do. The church that I grew up was right next to an alley, and it was called Graves Alley. I don't know why it was called that. But this is the alley that they would buy and deal drugs. And I would see the lives year by year that would decline because of the drugs that was altering their mind. Now, I don't know who would look at that and say that is appealing to me, but I would watch year after year new people going through the alley. And I would see sons that looked up to their fathers even if the father was not in the household, that out of their desperation to have some type of connection with their father, they would fall right into the same generational patterns that hear me that they could have stopped. And all it takes is one decision to change a generation for a lifetime. Now, I didn't have to experience drugs to know that I didn't want to do them. My parents didn't even have to tell me not to do drugs in order for me not to do it. I just watched with my own eyes that what it did to the mind, and I knew that I was not going to do drugs. Growing up, I saw the wise financial decisions that my parents made, and I saw their discipline with what was given to them, and I saw their generosity towards people 
and the church. And I saw that their discipline and obedience with their finances produced providence. We were never lacking for anything. And because I saw this in the home, I did not have to experience making poor money choices to know where it would lead me. My grandparents all my life have owned a lawn care and fence business. And after 50 years of marriage and after 80 years of being here on this earth, they are still cutting three to five yards per day. I can't even cut one. But I did not have to experience to know that hard work can create something beyond what you imagine. Now, hear me, I definitely have had some mistakes, and I still make mistakes every day, but I can't say that my circle and the people around me didn't sit me down and do what this father in Proverbs 4 is doing for his son, which is imparting wisdom and knowledge. In Great City, Tampa, what are you doing with the experiences that you go through? Your experiences are meant to have impact. And if you don't share what you went through, what was the point of you going through? Your experiences are in vain. And I want to ask you a question. Are you living in vain? How are people supposed to know that God is a healer if you don't share your experience of how you were sick and the doctor said that there was nothing else that they could do but you cried out to God and said that I know a man that can heal all wounds and diseases. How are people supposed to know that God is a way maker if you don't share your experience about when you were on your last dime, you had bills to pay the next day that somehow, some way, God stepped in and made a way where there literally was no way. How are people supposed to know that when friends walked away, God stayed true in your life and showed that he would never leave you, nor would he forsake you? My God is a God who is making ways in the wilderness and rivers in the de desert. When people lied on me, I experienced that God is not a man that he should lie. That when people broke their promises, I found out that God is a promise keeper. That when people gave up on me, I found God to be a patient father. That when people didn't call the best out of me, God reminded me that every good gift and every perfect gift is from him that when I was overtaken by temptation, God provided a way of escape. And because I have experienced these things, I cannot keep quiet and contain the goodness of the Lord. But I got to help somebody that is about to throw in the towel. I can tell them that God is able to carry you through. That if he can do it back then, that he can show sure enough do it today. That if he did it for Abraham, he can do it for you. If he got in the fire with the three Hebrew boys, what makes you think that he won't get in the fire with you? Because my God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Is there anybody that can attest that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? How long will God show himself true in your life forevermore? How long will God show himself to be a healer in your life forevermore? How long will God make a way in your life forevermore? How long will God be a protection over your family forevermore? So God, on this morning, we say thank you for being a forevermore God. Your experiences and stories, they have power. The stories that you tell are so important, so important that Jesus told them. The stories that Jesus told which are referred to as parables, formed about most of his teachings. The lost sheep, 
the lost coin, the prodigal son, the unforgiving servant, the ten talents, the friend at midnight, the rich fool, the barren fig tree, the persistent widow, the Pharisee, and the tax collector. Jesus told over 30 parables. In Matthew chapter 13, 10 through 12, the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in these parables? Jesus replied saying, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not them. You have to understand that people don't always understand the way that you understand or receive in the way that you receive. You may have grown up in church and the King James Bible is the message version for you, but for others, they will need uh, for every word to be unpacked, and they need your stories to show them the way. And all it takes is you sharing the experiences that made you who you are. Living in the will of God is something that will produce life and health, as Proverbs said, to one's whole body. Jesus also told stories because he understood that telling stories to communicate the truth evokes emotion and imagination to the message that is being taught. This is the power of the word of God and the story. When you share your story and the word of God, when someone faces a situation, they will remember the experiences that you shared and will be able to recall to their mind the word of the Lord. For a story without the word of God is just a talk, but when you tell someone that is what I went through and God can do the same for you, they can recall not only the experience, but they can also call, recall the word of God. Everything that Jesus did was new. Everything that Jesus did was different than what the Pharisees, the religious leaders said he was supposed to do. He invited people to see what God was doing in the world from a new perspective. What I want to encourage you on this morning is to let your experiences be an invitation to what God is doing in your life. I know you went through, it's painful, but your story and experience is an invitation into an experience of a lifetime. Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We as followers of Christ are called to tell the truth about Jesus to others because your testimony is your experiences and stories about the, what the Lord has done for you. I believe in the Bible, Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. May I propose to you that you are not the only one that's called, but your stories and experiences have a heavenly mandate on them to be told. Don't rob your experiences from having an impact on a generation. Don't rob your experiences from having an impact on the people around you because your experiences and your story has power. And in the Bible, many people heard about Jesus. Then they believed in him because they heard testimonies. We have Lazarus. After Lazarus was raised from the dead, people got saved. We see in, in the town of Samaria, uh, in the Bible, Jesus was tired and he sat by Jacob's well. And as he was sitting there, a Samaritan woman came to the well. And if you know anything about that story, Samaritan and Jews did not get along. One of the reasons for this is because the Jews in the south saw this area that the Samaritans had taken over as the, their promised land. They didn't want foreigners going in and claiming it as their own. But if you know anything about Jesus, he has a way of breaking the cultural and generational barriers 
through establishing relationship. Another reason why it was weird and abnormal for Jesus to be talking to the Samaritan woman, well, she was a woman. There was a culture during this time where women were not respected. They were looked down upon. They were subject to do whatever the law, whatever the people around them did. But Jesus speaks to this woman, asking her, can you give me a drink? Not only was there a, a regional and cultural divide, and not only was there a gender divide, but there was a, also a reputation that this woman had of having multiple men in her lives. And there is so much in this woman's story that could have kept Jesus from talking to this woman. The Bible says that the woman said, I know, I know that the Messiah is coming. And Jesus declared this to this woman that was clueless of who he is. That I am the one that you're speaking to. I am he. The man can come up. This experience that this woman had with Jesus changed her life forever. But get this, it did not change only her life. But the Bible says that she went back to her town and said to the people, Come see a man that told me everything that I ever did. This woman did not have the best reputation Everyone, even her own people, looked at her with a side eye. Because she knew this, it was likely that she did not talk to many people. But the experience that she had with Jesus was so powerful that she could not keep it to herself. And as she began to share her experience, the people began to ask, could this be the Messiah? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that there's a city that God has put you in. There's a neighborhood that God has put you in. There's an occupation that God has specifically designed for you. And there are people looking for your experiences and looking for your stories, whether you know it or not, that will change their life. Another story, Jesus goes to Jerusalem for a Jewish festival. And he sees a man that is paralyzed, has been paralyzed for 38 years. And Jesus looks at the man and says, do you want to get healed today? Jesus opened up an invitation and the man become, became to come up with all of these excuses of why he couldn't be healed. And Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Now Jesus healed this man on a Sunday. Sunday was the Sabbath. It was illegal and forbidden for anyone to do anything so the officials told this man, you cannot be picking up your mat right now. Who told you to pick up your mat? And he said, Jesus told me to pick up my mat. Mark 1.40, Jesus encounters a man with leprosy. The man begs Jesus, if you are willing to make me clean, please heal me. Jesus reaches out to the man and tells the man, you have been made clean. The Bible says the leprosy immediately left the man's body. The only thing that Jesus told him not to do was don't volunteer information. Don't tell anybody about what has happened, about what has taken place. But when Jesus heals your body, after the doctors have said that there is nothing that you can do, you can't help but tell the world. When Jesus heals your body and people have given up hope and stopped caring for you, they're tired. There's a man that Jesus, named Jesus, that will not walk on you, 
out on you when you recover from cancer and the doctor said that the cancer is back and God heals you a third time. You can't help but tell the world what God has done for you because your experiences and testimony gives faith to a community that God is able to do exactly what he said he would do. What would have happened if these people would have kept the experiences that they had with Jesus to themselves? What would have happened if they kept their stories to themselves? I don't know who this is for, but Jesus is able to mend broken relationships. How do I know? I've experienced it. How do I know? Because I've saw mended relationships throughout the generations in my family. Relationships that have been broken be mended. The grief that you went through, even if you are not healed, there are people around you that have gone through this grief and they are able to come alongside you and tell you that hey I went through this same thing God is not going to leave you in this place what is the point of you going through what you went through if you don't share your experiences if what I went through can help someone have a different path I'm, I am called to share those experiences not sharing your experiences is like dying without leaving a will. Leaving the people around you to just figure things out for themselves. But how many of you are glad that Jesus left a will? Jesus left instructions for the church of God in Christ to pursue him and to bring other people on the road alongside us to pursue the calling that Jesus has on our life. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And as we stand all over this building, this is the will of God. This is God's will, the Great Commission, that we would go out and share what God has done in our lives. To go out and tell somebody about Jesus. To go out and tell somebody how he healed your body. To go out and tell somebody how he saved your family. Your family that was so put off by the church. Your family that was so hurt by the church. Somehow the Holy Spirit interacted with your family. And God every day, every single week, every single Sunday is working things in your family that you prayed for for years. You've got to open up your mouth and tell somebody that God is good and that his mercy endureth forever. you got to open up your mouth and tell people, I know you don't see the end of the tunnel, but I've been in the tunnel and I've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. You got to open up your mouth and tell somebody. My last point. And I want to open up the invitation for anyone who has not experienced the love of Christ. For anyone who has not experienced 
how God can transform your life from the inside out. And you want to know if this is true or not? Look around you. These are a group of people that every single day don't have it perfect, but every single day are being transformed from the inside out. Every single day, our minds are being renewed. Every single day, our hearts are being renewed. And I want to let you know that Christ experienced death so we can experience life for a lifetime. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know what your life has looked like. I don't know what your life looks like right now. But I said earlier that God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's going to be the same tomorrow. And because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, let me tell you what he did yesterday. Over 2,000 years ago, for me and for you, he was born of a virgin Mary. He walked this earth for over 30 years. He died on the cross, a brutal death. His blood poured out for every single person in here. It says the Roman soldiers took a spear and pierced his, his side to make sure that he was dead. Our Savior died. But that's not how the story ends. Three days later, he got up with all power in his hands. He got up with all power in his hands. And I'm a living testimony, and I'm a living witness that he got up with all power in his hands. And if he did it for me, he can sure enough do it for you. I'm going to open up the invitation you don't have to experience a brutal death. In the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice animals. We don't have to do that anymore because Jesus has made a way where there is no way. So on the count of three, if you've never made a decision to follow Christ for the rest of your life, this is going to be the best decision that you have ever made in your life and will ever make. One, God was born. Two, Christ died. Three, he rose again. If you want to receive Jesus for the first time in your life, just begin to slip up a hand. Jesus, we worship your holy name. The second invitation that I want to have on this morning is maybe you've been keeping your experiences and your story private and personal. I believe that our experiences should be personal. There are some experiences that right now we just, we literally cannot tell. That is okay. But there are some of you that have had some experience years ago and you feel ashamed, you feel like people are going to look down on you if you share your experiences, 
maybe you're in here and you're saying, I still don't have it figured out. If you only knew what I did yesterday. But people need to hear the story of the church of God in Christ. If how even though we don't have it perfect, daily we are living under the authority of a perfect God that yesterday he saved us. Today he's continuing this salvation story. And tomorrow he's going to continue to work things in your life. So I want every hand lifted in this room. God, no longer will we sit and live our lives in vain. But God, we understand that you've given us experiences, that you've given us a story to tell, that we would be remiss that if we didn't open up our mouths and give you glory through our circumstances, give you glory through our situations, and give you glory through everything that we've got. So as we open up our mouths, we see this as a declaration that God is going to work through our experiences, that God is going to work through our stories, that you have worked through the earth and you continue to change lives every single day. Come on, let's sing it out. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.